worship band continues to sing only if you're comfortable but I just ask you would you take a risk with me and if you feel comfortable would you just get on your knees only if you're comfortable I just encourage you to get on your knees and make this your heart prayer as Leah sings this chorus over us again because guys if we don't have God alive is nothing worship is nothing but his presence his love that's the heart cry for our lives and for tonight, that God, we would come closer to you. So Papa, as Leah and the band sing this over us, we just partner in prayer with you. That the cries of our heart, God, in this crazy and busy world is to know you as Father, Savior, and friend. says in the great book that uh, if we draw close to him, he draws close to us. And the great thing about that is that he's always drawing close to us because it's his love that makes us draw close to him. 
So Papa, Father, Jesus, our Savior, our friend, Holy Spirit, our guide and power and life, we just pray to you and we say we are here to draw close to you, God. That we have no agenda except you are, you are our agenda. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're in this room and in this place and we just say we welcome you even more, God. We, we, we've set the table, God. We're waiting here for you. say come and have your way thank you for your love God that it bears all things hopes all things endures all things and your love never fails your love never ends I store and have a seat, please. Oh, man, thank you, worship band. Can we give them a round of applause, please? Uh, if you guys didn't know, for those of you who have uh, been here for a little bit, we got a, a new drum set, so I'm pumped about that. You know, I'm all about that bass, 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 but no treble. You know that song? Ha, <laughs> thanks for laughing. All right, um... Well, man, I have the honor of uh, introducing our speaker tonight, and um, try not to get choked up introducing her. Um, she is, what can I say about Serena? Um, a woman after God's own heart, a fighter, a breaker of chains, a leader, a servant, a friend. Um, I think the word that stands out most to me when I think about her is just the word Intimacy. Uh, you know, from the first time I met her last year when I came and was just checking out the college ministry, uh, you know, as soon as you talk to her, just anointing, you know, overflows from her life, from her mouth, because her heart and her life is so intimate with the Lord. And she has a deep, deep friendship and relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm just so excited for how God's going to use her tonight and speak to her and speak through her. So give me a round of applause for Serena, please. on oh, okay that was a lot easier than it was in practice all right um just gonna yeah okay sorry about that I'm super nervous so please bear with me while I figure my life out okay <laughs> as Ryan said I'm Serena and I'm so excited to be here with you guys a little bit about me I have been a part of the college ministry since I was a freshman in college so about five years ago I started in this ministry, and it has been a blast. It's been such a privilege to be a part of, um, of God's move on this campus, and um, I've loved being there for the highs and the lows and just watching it grow, and I feel so uh, excited to be here with you guys and um, a part of this family and a part of 
seeing what God is doing in your guys' lives. So thank you for having me here tonight. Um, I am one of the young adult leaders here at Alive, and we call them coaches. And so that term might be a little bit confusing because we always talk about football. And I did not play football. Um, I know it looks like I did. But I did not play football. Um, I played other sports, just not football. Um, but a coach here at Alive is just someone who comes alongside the students and, and walks with them and is there for you when you need to talk to them or just a, a little bit of an older voice, just a little bit of an older voice, um, a little bit older. You guys, you have to laugh at my jokes. I, like, I need this. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Um, there's a little bit of an older voice coming in alongside of you to provide wisdom, to provide whatever it is you need in that time. So there's a bunch of us around. You can just ask. That's what coach means when we say coach. Just a little introduction. Um, I am more about me. I'm supposed to talk more about me. I currently work at Jimmy John's corporate offices. So all of those late night sandwiches that you all get, you're welcome. I'm just kidding, I don't make the sandwiches anymore. I work in the social media department, I do marketing for them, and it's been fun, I'm learning a lot. Um, but yeah, so I today have the privilege of talking about John 4, which there's a really famous story in John 4, this is the woman at the well, and I'm going to talk more about it. But there, if there's one, one major takeaway I want you guys to get from tonight, it's, you can throw that slide up there, kind of is that Jesus meets us where we are at and then uses us through that place to transform our community. So that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. The miracle of Jesus coming and meeting us where we're at, not, not trying to, not, not we having to fix ourselves first and then come to him or not, not meeting us there and then leaving us there, but he meets us where we're at and then uses us to transform our community. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that these are your words. Come and speak to us. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Okay, so in John 4, you guys can start turning there now with your Bibles. This is my Bible, so don't be ashamed. We'll talk about that, but this is my Bible. Get out your Bibles, everybody. Um, Turn with me to John chapter 4, and it opens up with Jesus and his disciples. Jesus and his disciples have been traveling around the countryside, and they are going from Judea to Galilee. And that's not very important. You just need to know that they are traveling, and in order to get from Judea to Galilee, they need to pass through this place called Samaria. Now, the Samaritans are outcasts. They are people, like, nobody wants to associate with them. They are unclean. They are just not, they are not the type of people that the we, the Jew, Jews specifically would be around. Think of, like, bears, the bears, I'll make the football reference, the bears and the Packers, okay? Don't like to associate, all right? Maybe they do. Maybe you guys are both. That's fine. No? No? Okay. Okay. Thank you. This is interactive. It's okay to be interactive. It helps me. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so think of that. So think of the Bears, somebody, somebody who is a Bears fan walking into Green Bay territory. Just pack nation. Okay? It's not okay. So 
I don't know if I just made any type of wrong reference, and I apologize if I did. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they're traveling, they're walking because they don't have cars, and they're getting tired. So I'm so going to trip on that. So they're getting tired, and Jesus sends his disciples off to the town to get food. And Jesus himself, by himself, is walking, and he sees this well, and he's like, you know what? I am thirsty. Is this messing it up? It's okay. I am thirsty. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over to this well. So this is where we're going to pick up the story in chapter, in chapter 4, verse 7. So Jesus has come to this well. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews did not associate with the Samaritans. Jews did not associate with the Samaritans, and not only that, man and woman talking alone did not happen. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can I get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as also did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will, come, will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I, might, I won't get thirsty and keep having to keep come back here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have five, you've had five husbands, and the man you are with now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. The woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has come when the, worshiper, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in the truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know, that, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one who is speaking to you, I am he. All right, let's just pause there. That was a lot. My mouth is dry. So, sorry. So let me, let, let me just break this story down a little bit, because that was, that was a lot of text. It was a lot of reading. So Jesus has come up to this, come, come to this well, and he sees this woman. And this woman is, from what we've learned from Jesus talking to her, she is an outcast of the outcast. So remember, the Samaritans are uh, people that are no, no one associates with. They, they are outcasts. But this woman is living in sexual sin. She has had five husbands and now has another guy that is not her husband. That is six guys, okay? So she is an outcast of the outcasts. And one way that we know this is if you look at the time of day that this is. 
So it says that she comes to the well at noon. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been outside at noon, and it is hot in the summer because the sun is directly overhead. This is not a good time to go and like have to bring these jars and, and get this water and then lug it all the way back to town. Right? This isn't, that, that doesn't seem like a good, good time. But let's break down well a little bit. So when I was thinking about this story, I was like, okay, God, like what, what would, how, how do you see this well? And well, a well gives you sustenance. It gives you water. It gives you something that you need, right? So think about it like a grocery store, okay? I don't know about you guys, but my mom, whenever she goes to the grocery store, always comes back talking to me about like some person that we haven't seen in five years that she saw at the grocery store and she started talking to and like they were like talking about me and then talking about this other woman's daughter and I haven't spoken to her daughter in five years and it's like awesome I don't know what to do with this information but I'm so glad that you made the connection and and it's like there she has like all of these stories she says this over and over again she's like I met this person and this person so not only is it where you go and you get sustenance, you get what you get, get what you need, but it's also kind of a social act, right? So it, it's a gathering, it's a, it's, a, it's a place to hang out, talk with people, catch up. So this woman is so steeped in shame from what she's been doing, from the way that she's been living, that she chooses to go at the hottest point of the day, the hottest point when she knows nobody else is going to be there to get her water. And this is where Jesus meets her at. He introduces her to who he is. He calls her out for what she's doing. But because he loves her, because of the love that he has for all people, that he crosses that line and not only talks to a Samaritan but talks to a woman, he brings her out of that and shows her that there is freedom. He says, I have living water for you. You do not have to live this way anymore. I'm going to put a little pin in the story for right now. And um, I, um, I can relate to this woman a little bit. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I have lived in shame before from things that I've done. And um, in, in order to, uh, to talk about this, I'm going to need you guys to come back with me just a little bit to high school. 16-year-old um, Serena um, who liked a boy? Shocking, right? 16-year-old liking a boy. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, you know, um, I liked a guy. He liked me. And we acted on those feelings, and we became involved romantically. Um, The issue was um, that he, he had a girlfriend at the time, and I knew that. Um, I became the other woman. I became the cheater. I helped him cheat on his girlfriend. And this absolutely destroyed me because I knew who I was. I, I grew up in the church. Not, I grew up in the vineyard. I knew who I was. I knew that who I was in Jesus, and I knew he lived inside of me, and I, I knew that the Holy Spirit was inside of me and that he guided me, and I, I, read, I 
read my Bible, you know how high schoolers read their Bibles. I read my Bible, and I, I went to the conferences, and I worshiped, and I knew all the songs, and I still chose to do that. I knew about his girlfriend. I still chose to do it. And that destroyed me. I allowed the enemy to come in with condemnation and tell me lies about how I was, I was used baggage. I, I was not worth treasuring. If, I've, if you've done it once, you can do it again. Um, I let him heap lie after lie after lie about who I was, and I allowed shame to put me in a, like a jail, so much so I didn't talk about this for four years. I told nobody. Like, I'm talking like, you know how we say girls tell nobody, but they tell their best friend? Like, nobody, not best friend knowing. And it, it, that's, a, that's a very scary way to live. I, to give you a little, a little picture into my brain, um, I, I continued with church. Still, still going, still doing those things. But every time somebody would say, Serena, you, you know God so well. You're such a leader. We're so proud of you. Look at, look at the way that you do this. You're so prophetic. You do this. Every time somebody would say that, all I would think of, yeah, but I did this. Yeah, but I'm a cheater. I'm a fraud. You think that you're seeing me, but you're not. And these, these are the things that are going on in my head as I'm trying to think about, like, who I am, right? Because that's what we want to know. We want to know who we are. And I was allowing the enemy and shame to define who I was. So fast forward four years, college. Um, I am blessed beyond belief to be a part of this community. And we are passionately going after Jesus. We are just going after the Father and the things that he has for us. We're believing for revival on this campus. We're believing just, we have dreams upon dreams upon dreams of what God's gonna do in our lives. And, and, and through this time, I started to learn more and more about the Father and his freedom and his grace for forgiveness. I started to learn that like the Father loves me even where I'm at. And he doesn't, he doesn't need me to change in order for him to love me. And I, 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 started, I started getting a little braver, a little braver, and a little braver. And finally, finally, I had that conversation with God. And I was like, God, so I know you were there, but I did this. I cheated. I knew he had a girlfriend. And I, I kept doing this. I lived that way, and I let these lies rule my life. I let shame come in and tell me who I was supposed to be, and I'm sorry. And let me tell you, it's so much easier to say those words right now, but at the time, I definitely, you know, when, when, when uh, <laughs> this is a very random example, but you know when, you, um, when, when, a, when a preacher's up here and they say, pray these words out loud and whatever and blah, 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 and it's like, what, and then, and then, you don't really feel like brave enough to say it, so you just you pray it in your mind. That was my first conversation, was I prayed it in my mind. I was saying all these things, and so I'm like passionately like, yes, yes, this is, this is what I was believing, but it's all in my mind, so outwardly I look like. Okay. 
then I started getting free, and I started believing what the Father says about him loving us and cherishing us and sending his son. And soon I was able to say that out loud, and I was able to say it to him. And I said, Father, I am sorry. I am sorry that I cheated. I am sorry that I knew who I was, and I disregarded that anyways. I am sorry. Because there's power, guys, like this isn't a little bit of an aside, but there's power when we speak it out. Like the preachers, they, they don't just say that because they want to hear you say it back and know that people are praying the prayer, which, you know, that's nice. But they're saying it because there's power, because not only are you saying it, but you're hearing it. And everything around you is hearing it. And that's where the enemy just gets afraid, like, wait a minute, they're starting to believe this. So through that, I started realizing I no longer have to live in shame. I don't have to believe these lies. Because through Jesus, the Bible says through Jesus comes grace and truth. The grace to forgive myself and the truth about who I am. You can toss that up there. But there was another step in this healing process for me. So I, I'd confessed it to Jesus. I'd talked to him about it. I was feeling good. I was like, yeah, we've talked. This is good. But there was one night I was uh, hanging out with some of my roommates. And we were just talking, as girls do, about boys and, and things and whatever. I don't know. We were just talking about stuff. And um, I, f- I felt this boldness rise up in me. And I started, I started to confess my past. I started to say, hey, I, I cheated. I, I, I helped somebody make somebody else feel less worthy. I denied who I was in Christ for a moment of pleasure. I denied who I was because I just felt good and I just, I wanted to be loved that way. And what I didn't realize was because of Jesus, because of his freedom, I was able to share that. And all the other two girls I was talking to started, ta- they, they started doing the same thing. They started talking about their experiences and lies that they'd been believing and, and struggles that they'd been having. And all of a sudden, we started praying together and we were getting free from this. We were like, we don't have to believe this anymore. We know who we are. We've been reading the Bible. It says that we're co-heirs. It says that we're more than conquerors. It says that we're loved. And we started to really believe that. And from that, we we grew closer together and we grew closer to God because we removed that shame. We removed that barrier. We started operating out of who God sees us as and not who shame tried to make us. Um, so back to the story so last we left the woman uh, Jesus had just dropped a bomb on her and was like yo you can be free from this this is how you're living but you don't have to live that way anymore so this is her response and we're going to pick up back in uh, John 4 chapter, or John chapter 4 28, verse 28 
And she, it says, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. And then there's some talking between Jesus and his disciples. But I'm going to skip ahead again to verse 39 and pick up again. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we, we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. So this woman decides, she hears all this, God, God presents to her, Jesus presents to her, like, hey, this is who I am, and you can live this way, and she, she receives it. She says, okay, and what is the first thing that she does? She runs, and she, she tells everybody about it. Through this woman saying yes and receiving the free gift of God's grace and his mercy, and then turning around and sharing her testimony with her people, an entire people group who would never have been reached got reached. Jesus met her in her shame, literally in the middle of her acting on her shame. She is so enclosed in this that she's like, I know it's the hottest time of the day, but I'm going to go anyway. And like, if you think about that, like, she's, she's lugging this jar. I don't know how, I didn't do any research about how big the jars were. But, like, just pretend. Like, she's lugging this jar like this. Like, it's so hot. How much of that water do you think evaporates? Like, like her, this, this is what she's giving up. And Jesus meets her there. And he says, I love you so much. I don't want you to live this way. He sets her free and then uses her to reach her community. Jesus meets us where we are at and then uses us and our testimony, the power of our testimony, to transform our community. So as I wrap up, I'm just going to leave you with a couple, of, a couple of challenges. I know this is a little heavy, and I appreciate you guys bearing with me. But you just, like, you got to know that there is so much freedom from any shame that you're living in. Whether for me, it was, it was doing these things and then denying who I was because of it. We don't have to let condemnation rule us because those are lies. Anything that comes against you that is negative, that is a lie from the enemy. And trust me, I lived too long living that. And now that I know, I can walk in confidence and in boldness and say, I am a daughter of the king. And yeah, I have a past. But you know what? Because of that, I can reach people. I can reach other people who have had the same experiences. And I would not change one single thing if it means that I get to reach somebody that may not have been reached. Can you guys say the same? If you, and so these are my challenges. Back to that. If you don't know the Father, 
If you've never said yes to Jesus, if you, if you don't know the free gift of freedom and mercy and grace and truth that come with him, we want to pray with you tonight. That is step number one. We want to get you in this family. We want to get you to know this God who loves you so much that he wants to set you free from whatever is holding you back. Challenge number two, if you've received this, if, you said, if you've said yes to God and um, aren't living the way that you know that you can, free in him, loved by him, truly knowing it, we want to pray with you. And um, this, this, this challenge comes out of uh, John, uh, James chapter 5, verse 16, and what we, what we want is you to con- confess about it. We want you to talk about it. We want you to share about it. So in uh, James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So I know that confession is like kind of a weird word and it freaks people out sometimes. And I know I think of like, you know, going into a, a con- yeah, confessional and going, going in and talking to a priest and with the, the great thing there and you don't know if you're supposed to look into it or if you're just supposed to talk straight and like, <laughs> like you just don't know. You don't know. Like what are you supposed to do? So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about coming and telling us what's going on, and then we're going to say, Do, throw some Hail Marys and you're good. Like, you, no, no, that is not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sorry, there's another football reference. Yes. Um, I feel like I need to do it. Um, anyway. God, I'm so lost. Confession, what I mean is sharing Turning to that person that you trust. I turn to my roommates, people that love you, and share that struggle. Talk about what's going on, but then pray about it. Bring Jesus into the center of that situation, because it's not just enough that I tell you what's going on, but I need to pray and invite the Holy Spirit into it, because that's where breakthrough comes. That's where you get set free. So that second challenge is confess. Talk about it. Share it. Bring it to the light. When I, once I started talking about it, once I started telling people, like, you have no idea the freedom that it brings. Like, why would I have been, why would I, why, why would I be ashamed of that? Why would I be ashamed of a part of my story that God can use? There's no need to be that way. And the third challenge is share your testimony. Turn around and talk about it. Tell somebody, like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what God has done. This is where he broke, this is what I've been breaking free from through the love and the power of Jesus Christ. Share it, because that is the way that you change a community. That is the way that you you see breakthrough in other people. This community, the Samaritan, this town, the Samaritan town was changed because Jesus decided to love on one woman and she decided to share about it. So are we going to do that? Are we going to let Jesus come into our lives? And then are we going to share it? It's, this is another reason that we believe. 
Because God can break us of our shame, of our guilt, of things that hold us back. He sets us free from the lies that the enemy tries to come at us with. I always do this because in my mind they're like coming at you. And everybody talks about flaming arrows coming at you. But he sets us free from that. He puts up shields. We are protected. And he wants us to live life abundantly. He wants us to live life fully in him knowing that we are loved. So we're going to enter back into a time of worship. And my worship team can come back up. And I know that those challenges were a lot. Are you saved? Do you lo- is Jesus the reigning and ruling in your life? Confessing to one another, sharing, and then sharing, yeah. Um, but we're going to have some people in the back, and, and we want to pray with you. If these are stirring in your heart, we want to pray with you. Get with someone. Come to the back. Talk with us. We're going to have a licensed therapist in the back. If there's things that you need to talk about, that's what we're here for. That's what the family is about. That's what the coaches are about. Come, let us pray with you. And during this time of worship, as we enter back in, take some time and reflect with the Father. Have I received that free gift? Have I received Jesus' love for myself? Am I living with any shame or any guilt that I can be free of because of that love? And then act on it. Come, grab somebody that you came with. Come, come to the back and let us pray. There's a grace right now to respond for this. There's a grace to be free from this. Come, let us pray. You don't have to be like me living for four years, believing I was something I wasn't. You can be free right now. And the Father. So, Father, I thank you for tonight, God. Father, I thank you that you break us free from our shame, that you love us so much that freedom is for us. God, I thank you that by your grace, we can forgive ourselves and we can forgive others. And by your truth, we can know who we are and whose we are. Holy Spirit, come and meet us where we're at right now. Fill us up. Give me wisdom.
and she was getting closer and closer and he did not know any English. And she says, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you. And he's getting closer and closer. And something from the midst of her heart, this power and this might, said, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. And he stopped in his marks. He stood still, and he ran away. There is power in the name of Jesus. And I just want to encourage you right now, whatever you're going through in the midst of your pain, I encourage you to say his name. Sometimes if I wake up late at night and I'm scared and have a nightmare or whatever I'm going through, I just literally say his name over and over and over because there's power in his name. So God, I pray right now, Father, as we sing this song, the reality that there's power in your name comes to life. The reality that you are living and you are alive and you are real comes to life. There's power in your name, Jesus.
So God, I thank you, Father, <laughs> that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And it's for freedom's sake that Jesus Christ left his home, left his Father's side, left his kingdom to come down to this dirty earth to bring us freedom and life and love. So, Father, I just pray for every single one of us, me included, God, that you bring the freedom into our lives, that you break the chains that are holding us back from being the men and the daughters and the women and the men and the warriors that you've called us to be, God. I pray that right now, Father, that my brothers and my sisters, that every single one of us knows that our life has been bought with a price, that you meet us where we're at, and this is why we believe, God. This is why we believe and know that you are real. You don't look at a woman who's been caught in adultery her whole life and send her off. But you bring freedom to her, God. And you speak identity into her, God. And you speak destiny into her, God. And that's what you do to us. So, Jesus, I just pray, Lord, everyone that is here tonight came for a reason. And let us, when we leave, when we look in the mirrors tonight, when we put our head on our pillow, let us know that we are a son. Let us know that we are a daughter. Let us know that there's a great and amazing purpose and adventure and plan for our life. And God, if there's anything holding us back, in Jesus' name, by your power and your authority that you gave us, we just command those chains to be broken. And Father, the heartbeat of tonight and our prayer is that you would draw us closer to you, God. So again, as we play this song, and as we close tonight, I pray for every single one in this room, that they would know that your heart desire is to be close to them, is to be near to them, and all they have to do is say yes. So we say yes, God. Wreck and ruin our lives in every way you, you know we need it to build us up to be the amazing people you've created us to be. We love you, Jesus. But we say thanks first for loving us. Thanks for meeting us in the dirt, in our shame, and in our pain. Thanks for always being there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know we already sang this song tonight, but after hearing and seeing what God's doing tonight, I really feel like we're supposed to end the night by asking God to seal what he's already done in our hearts. And one more time, just ask him to come even closer and really wreck our hearts. Sing this with me. So pull me a little closer, take me
I pray that as we leave tonight, that we will know that you are close to us, that you are in us and living through us. And God, I thank you that we are free from shame, from fear, and from doubt, because you paid for it on the cross. And we can walk in freedom, in joy, and the revelation of who we are as your children. So I thank you for this family. I thank you for this time that we got to spend with you. And I pray that you will continue to bless us as we go. In your name. Amen. Yeah, with that, we are officially closing. Um, but I really want to encourage you guys, don't leave tonight without pressing into this. Shame has a way, like few other things do, of making us believe lies that we never would have. And God does have that freedom for us, that, that greeting us with love and truth and grace. Get prayer tonight. Talk to somebody. Really press into this, because this is such an amazing moment to find that freedom. Thank you so much for coming out. I'll see you next week.